Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Brood Awakenings, where we talk about important things in our nutritional world while sipping on something brewed. And this week, we've got a special episode. I think this is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, We're talking about nutrition and kids. Um, And I think even though we're talking about kids, we're really talking about nutrition with adults and, and some of the concepts maybe going back that we learned as, as children and how, uh, potentially how those have carried through our adulthood. But, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've got a special guest today. Nico is here on the podcast, my nine-year-old son. Go ahead and say hi. Hi. <laughs> And uh, we're going to just kind of chat a little bit about nutrition and um, he's going to talk a little bit about, I guess, something that happened. Was that last weekend, Nico, that you went to uh, Zoe's birthday party? No, it was Saturday. Oh, oh, that was this weekend. Okay. Um, But the reason we're getting into this topic, it was actually a suggestion. So uh, I'm going to read this to you. This came in and this is kind of what sparked the... uh, the podcast here. Uh, It says, I was raised with the mindset that I had to be perfect because people were watching me always. And although it was more from a perspective of social life, it translates to pretty much everything I do. Hence, why I'm so hard on myself and a perfectionist. And your podcast made me think, with my daughter eating better and me pushing her to be more disciplined and make better choices with her eating habits, am I actually pushing her too hard to the point of being unrealistic? Like up to what point am I just pushing her to hate healthy habits because she feels deprived versus really teaching her values? Like for example, this weekend she has a birthday party slash sleepover. They're going to have ice cream and popcorn and pizza and soda. And I'm over here panicking because, oh my goodness, she can't eat that. What am I going to do? I don't want her not to go and have fun, but I don't want her to eat all of that. I was even thinking to drop off a cauliflower pizza for her. Like up to what point am I just being paranoid? Should I be? Et cetera, et cetera. And uh, in the the moment... I was like, damn, that's, that's some deep stuff. Like that's a lot. Um, and I, I actually chose at the time not to respond and to sort of formulate my thoughts on it because there was so much there and it speaks to, I I think what it does for me is it raises, it raises a lot of questions that need to be answered personally before you can genuinely answer that uh, for yourself. And I, in this aspect, I think you guys can recognize the fact by now that I'm extremely passionate about coaching, being coached and coaching other people. Um, I love having people with knowledge, skills, and abilities who can teach me things. I learn stuff from people around me all the time. I, (laughs) people, it's funny. Um, the, the whole like surround yourself with people, uh, surround yourself with lions, become a lion kind of thing. Like you're only going to become a lion if you actually learn from the people around you. Right. And let them kind of alter you and change you in the ways that move you toward that place. 
And so I, I do that with the people around me and I'm constantly inspired by them. And in this aspect, like you are now that person to your child, you're that coach, you're that mentor, you're that inspiration. And so it, it becomes a matter of, you know, what do you want to teach your children? How do you want to teach it to them? And why are you teaching it to them? And then once you've answered those questions, you can start to sort of formulate a strategy about how to go about it. I think in a situation like this where, um, you know, you've got to sit down and, and understand why does that cake make me nervous at the party? Cake, pizza, cookies, all of these things. And for me personally, the reason it makes me nervous um, is because what we're learning in that moment is that parties and holidays and stuff like that comes with this food. This is what's available. So when I have a party, this is what I'm going to put out for everyone. When I go to a party, this is what I'm going to expect from everyone. And this is what we're going to have. And so let's say you're the kind of person when you grow up who's really active and goes out a lot. Um, Now you associate going out and relaxing and partying with all of these foods. And that's when your health starts to degrade because now that's a, cons- that's a constant in your life and it's not just a birthday party every four, five, six months. Um, once it becomes a constant in your life, it's hard to break the cycle. So breaking this cycle for kids, you know, it's, it's a little bit different because there's, there's a knowledge gap there. And we have to do a lot, a lot of coaching and we have to teach kind of associations with food. And so I wanted to start actually by bringing Nico on the podcast and talking about uh, what happened last weekend, because I just found out about this right before the podcast, because I was telling him about it. And, and then he, or sorry, this, this weekend, um, and he was, and he told me about it and I'm like, wait, what? You did what? And so we might as well just get into it. Uh, so you went to, where did Whose birthday party? Zoe's. Okay. And we're talking about birthday parties. Um, mm-hmm. Most birthday parties that you go to, like your birthday party, you were really active, right? Yeah. Okay. And what happened at this particular birthday party? Um, I wasn't planning to go there, and so I couldn't do most of the things because I didn't have a bathing suit to go in water. Oh. And so I decided to play on my electronics, and because I wasn't active the entire time, I didn't decide to eat the cake. And I think that's pretty amazing. Because um, did you eat the cake at your birthday party? Uh, yeah, I did. And do you eat the cake at most birthday parties? When I'm active, pretty much, yeah. That's amazing, dude. I high five on that one. I love that it, because I love I love what he's done here. He's he's sitting down and he's making the decision. Like, am I going out and playing? If I'm playing, then I can have these uh, you know these flour and sugar laden foods that are really high in energy because that's what they have. 
right? Cake is just a really high energy food. What are some other um, really high energy foods like cake? Mm, Doritos and stuff like chocolate, Kit Kats, and Sour Patch Kids, (laughs) Reese's and a lot of stuff. Yeah, any others? If there are any others, I don't know most. There's cotton candy. (laughs) Well, yeah. Can you think of any other foods that are really high energy that we actually eat for meals that aren't just uh, snack foods? Ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. I guess. Goldfish? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes maybe macaroni. Yeah, macaroni is a good one. Hot dogs. Yep. And also sometimes pizza. Yeah, 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 man. Nice to order the pizza. <laughs> yes, dude, that's perfect. It, now, are you? Can you tell me why those are high energy foods? Because they include some things that have calories and. Sometimes sugar, mm-hmm. and so that makes it have energy in it. So that's why you basically do have um, those types of foods only after being active or when you're about to be active. That's pretty good, man. I think that's pretty awesome that you have that kind of understanding already. So how did we kind of get to this point? Um, When Nico was younger, uh, you know, kids, how about I go to this? Um, If you talk to clinical researchers, they will tell you, you can make any animal happy uh, by giving it food, especially happy by giving it sugar. Right? And kids, if you give them high energy foods, sugar, salt, butter, things like that, um, <clears throat> they, they'll just gobble it up. And the, the reality is it's extremely palatable and they don't know any better. The only barrier, the only boundary in there is you and what you give to them and what you teach them. And likewise, the only barrier for yourself is you as an adult. So you have to do that stuff for yourself. You all set, Nico? Maybe I'll call you back in. I, I don't, we'll no, see. I'm just taking my headphones off. Oh, okay. <laughs> really but er, earlier, and I was so impressed by this, earlier um, in his life, I want to say when he was like five or six years old and he just constantly wanted those things, uh, I would I would ask him, you know, are you, are you about to be active? Are you about to do something? Because that's high energy food and high energy food means you're going to go, uh, you're going to do more with it or you should do more with it, um, or be more active because we live in a world where we have easy access to that stuff and you can have it pretty much anytime you want. And you're going to have to start making choices because, you know, you're not going to find the honey out in the wild that maybe you happen upon once a month. Um, 
And so you can't just sit around eating that stuff. You have to actually eat stuff that has good nutrients inside of it um, and helps you stay healthy. And so that's something that, that I value very deeply is his health. And in order to maintain his health, I, I don't want him to eliminate those foods. I want him to learn how to balance those foods. And so I'm helping him create boundaries because boundaries are really where it's at. He went to a birthday party and chose to sit in the corner on his electronics. Um, it was a birthday party for a much younger person, uh, probably not a lot of kids his age there. Usually he's, he plays a lot. Um, and then he chose to not have the cake because he wasn't being really active. And that is a perfect boundary to draw. You know, if I'm not being really active, I'm not going to have a whole bunch of stuff. What's really cool, though, is, oh, hey, Nico. Huh? Every day, you're guaranteed how many snacks? Uh, just bedtime snacks or? Yeah. Any snacks? Two. Two. So every day, he's guaranteed two bedtime snacks, and he gets to choose. And it's basically one serving of each snack. And that's kind of part of his daily ritual, right? So... The rest of the day is primarily, am I active? I get some other stuff. Am I not active? I don't get those things. Um, or I choose not to have those things. And then he has meats and uh, vegetables and fruits. And it's, it's funny, because <laughs> I think I, I Facebooked it the other day, um, that there was a day where he had like some rice cakes, and, and I think we made a little... Um, it was like a 200-calorie pizza, it, homemade tomatoes and some mozzarella on a, uh, on a wrap. And for dinner, I asked him what he, or he asked me, he was like, oh, I need, you know, I need some food for dinner. And I asked him what he, what he needed, and he said, well, meat, fruit, and veg. And I said, okay, what do you want? And he goes, X, Y, Z. I forget exactly what the choices were, but it was... Uh, you know, it was a meat and then a fruit and a veg. And it was like, okay, go get it. <laughs> and, and it was perfect because he knew he, he hadn't had those yet that day. He needed them. He had them. And so he went and got them. And the boundaries that we draw, for me, with Nico, because this is just one example, you know, everybody's is a little bit different, is I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him to, uh, to value having lean meats and having um, fruits and vegetables throughout the day. And then tying, oh, sorry, having those two snacks as pretty much a guarantee, no matter what. So he gets those two snacks at night, or he gets one big snack. And if he chooses to have like a bigger snack during the day when he's not active, we, we do alter that. And I'm curious right now as I'm talking about it, if he remembers the rule. Hey, Nico. If you're not active during the day, or should I say the boundary, if you're not active during the day and you choose to have like a big snack that's say Sour Patch Kids, what, what do we normally, how do we normally adjust for that? Uh, do, do you remember or is that question too vague? 
<laughs> okay. Uh, what do we do with the bedtime snacks? What do we do? When you, so let's say you're not being very active for the day and you choose to have a big snack during the day. What do we do with the bedtime snacks? That hasn't happened before, but I'd say we um, get rid of some of them. Okay. Okay, well, I think it's really cool he um, made the decision on his own. We've definitely done it before, though. So, yeah, if he's not being active and he chooses to have a snack in the middle of the day, what we do is we just eliminate one of the nighttime snacks. And he still gets that one snack before bed. He still gets his two snacks in that day. Um, But it was just recognition that he wanted his snack sooner. He wanted his snack earlier. And since there was no activity, we still maintain the two snack boundary, if you will. Now, what are those snacks for Nico? Um, They're pretty much whatever he wants them to be. What are your favorite snacks at night? Yeah, your favorite bedtime snacks. Uh, cereal and ice cream. Cereal and ice cream. <laughs> Can we be healthy eating cereal and ice cream every single day? Yes. 100% yes. Do not demonize food for your kids. Do not demonize food for yourself. There is zero value in demonizing foods. I can tell you right now, there are entire civilizations that were saved by bread. So we, uh, and there are, you know, civilizations that live on fat. And when you, when you start looking at those dichotomies, because there are plenty of camps that want to say, eat one or eat the other. Uh, And you can live on both. You don't have to choose. We just live in a world where we get, we have the opportunity to make these choices. We just don't necessarily have the foundation, the coaching, the knowledge, the skills, the abilities to execute choices that are really good for us in a way that allow us to maintain our health and a really high level of enjoyment. So what I'm doing for him is essentially coaching him towards a freedom calories mindset where he's creating these easy to use boundaries that he can execute on any given day. So if I take him to California and we don't have access to cooking, he knows throughout the day he's got to get some meat, fruit, vegetable boundaries set. He also knows he's going to get two snacks at night. So maybe he's going to get an ice cream. Or maybe he's going to get, uh, or maybe he's, you know, we're going to go to the store and he's going to be like, can we have a box of cereal to keep at the hotel so that I can have my bedtime snacks or something like that. And those snacks, those are things, those are something that he enjoys. Those are his choice. They're what he wants and they can literally be anything. Now, do I sometimes make adjustments to which snacks are which and help him understand why one might be a little bit better than the other? Yes, sure. But those are way, you know, that's deep in the weeds and probably completely and totally unnecessary. But I'm sort of just in those situations grooming him for something a little bit deeper later on. As a nine-year-old, understanding his, his level of understanding is not going to be quite that deep. 
but we can draw boundaries in everyday life. So when I'm looking at a question like this, do I allow her to eat the cake? Um, that's, that's a really deep question because in that moment, yours, your, how many times when you were a kid that your parents said, you cannot do this or don't do that or no, you can't have this. How many of those moments allowed you to actually understand why that was good for you, why that was happening, the, the reasons behind it so that you can apply them later in life? It, I, reflecting, many of them didn't have, many of them for me in those situations you know, it was, it's almost like I wanted to be rebellious and well, now I'm going to have the cake when I, whenever I want, right. You, you, if you take it away and there's no good reason for it, then what was the value of taking it away? And the children don't understand that they, they see, I want this and you're taking it from me. And so when they have the opportunity to have it, maybe they'll just choose to hide it from you. And then you catch them and you take it away and then they just get better at hiding it. (laughs) Uh, We've all been there, right? So in that way, maybe it's starting with a conversation. Thank you. Maybe it's just starting with a conversation about we're going to a birthday party. And so here's what we're going to do. There's pizza, there's cake, there's cookies, What I want you to do is choose two of those three and have a small amount. And then since you had a small amount, I want you to just make sure that you run around and play a lot with the other kids and have a blast. And for the third one, what we're going to do is we're going to just replace it with something else because pizza, cake, and cookies, that's going to be a rough night. But If you have cake and cookies and we replace the pizza with something that's more supportive for you, you know, you can have a bunch of fruit, uh, whatever your kids' favorite foods are that are whole foods, right? You can have a bunch of fruit and you can have some, uh, make some homemade chicken fingers or something and, and crush it, right? Crush a bunch of that and you bring that with you to the party. In that moment, you're teaching your child how to manage the party you're teaching your child how to manage, well, sorry, you're teaching your party, your party, great. (laughs) You're teaching your child how to manage the party within the bigger picture. And the bigger picture being getting what they need from the party in addition to enjoying the party and being there for their friend, right? Because the party is about their friend. And all of these things just happen to be there. And so they want, to, they want to be there for their friend. They want to enjoy that time. And they want to get something out of it for themselves so that they can still support themselves and be happy. And isn't it interesting that this conversation is really just a reflection of how we handle those situations in our adult lives? Because we do this for ourselves all the time, right? We have to go to special events. We have to go to work events. We have to go to parties. And these are not about us. They're about other things, people. They're about uh, learning for our jobs. Like 
they're, they're in many ways things that we have to do, things that we want to do, but not things that put us in positions to actually support ourselves in that moment. And so we have to have boundaries and we have to have strategies in order to manage these situations. And in many ways, how we teach our kids and what we teach our kids sets them up for success later and teaches us how to be better at it. So in this moment right now, we're teaching our child how to manage that party. We're going to prepare for the party by bringing some meats, fruits, and veggies because we know it's not going to be present. Now, what are your favorites? We'll make those. Bring those, and we'll have those either on the way or we'll have those while we're there. Now, let's say she chose pizza and cake. Love it. What we'll do is we'll just have a meal on the way, and then when the pizza shows up, you get to have pizza, have a slice or two or whatever the boundary is for your child, and then have a piece of cake and make sure you enjoy it. And that's it. Boom. Done. Do that. And then put that on repeat. So the next party, what do we do? Well, what did we do last party? Do you want to do that again? Or do you want to try something new? Do you want to make different choices? Do you want to bring new foods? Now, in this situation, is cauliflower pizza better than regular pizza? No. And I'm going to say this. Absolutely not. If you're in ketosis and you're, you, and you're pr- performing a particular strategy right now, cauliflower pizza might be regular, better than regular pizza. Simply because it's made with cauliflower and a whole bunch of cheese, right? If you order it from one of the local pizza joints or something like that. But it's not necessarily any better. It's not like it's lower on the calorie counts. It just might be lower on the carb counts. But if you're buying it from the store, there's probably two ounces of cauliflower in many, in many of the crusts. There's like two, three ounces of cauliflower in a large pizza crust. And the rest of it is still all flour and fiber and things of that nature. So most of them, I'm not going to blanket statement all of them because there are a few out there that are actually pretty darn good. Um, but most of them aren't like that. And so is cauliflower pizza better than regular pizza? No, we're teaching them to demonize food. And in that moment, we're not necessarily teaching them a better habit we're literally teaching them to, to demonize one pizza in favor of another pizza, which is basically employing diet strategy instead of, um, instead of coaching better habits. So we don't necessarily want to do, we don't necessarily want to do that because it's not actually a decent substitute. So I think I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to wrap up this podcast a little bit with uh, some thoughts on how we can apply this to ourselves. So when you're going to an event, think about how you might want to teach these boundaries to a child and then apply that to yourself. You're about to go out or you have a, uh, we'll say you're going out tomorrow night. Think about the event. Think about how it's going to affect you. Think about what's going to be present there and how that supports you. Think about the reason why you're going to that event. 
And then once you've got that all together, then you can start to make some choices. Choices based on the things that you need, followed by choices based on the things that you want. And then when you come out the other side, you're going to be super satisfied. And I'm going to say this real quick. Um, There is a reason that I love bringing people up in calories first. Uh, One of the things that that happens when you find out how many calories you can truly consume when you're, uh, when you're in maintenance and performance mode, well, your hunger hormones are lower. So when those foods are presented to you on the regular, you don't really care as much. They're just, okay, I know that tastes good, but I don't feel like I'm in need right now. So that happens. But the second thing that that's happening is, um, oh, forgive me. I just totally lost my train of thought in that moment. The second thing that's happening in internally, um, is now you are building habits that you can fall back on when you have moments where you're not happy with your restriction. And this might sound crazy, but mentally returning. So, so we have this like binge restrict cycle, right? But what if your binges were actually maintenance? Like mind blown, right? There are so many people whom I've taken up in calories and we get to a point and it's like, I bet you never would have believed that you could consume this much and stay right where you're at. And so when we do have periods of restriction and we get to that point where it's like, oh my God, I'm fed up, or you start eating something that, that triggers you, your overeating becomes maintenance eating. And it's crazy because we've started building those habits on both sides, we've created boundaries and strategies to drop weight or drop body fat, but we've also, we also now have knowledge of boundaries and strategies of how to maintain, be healthy, and perform. And so we start to bounce between those two rather than uh, excessively binging. And it's, it's funny, I've had people reflect on what their binges actually were after spending some time at maintenance, and they look back and they're like, oh, well, it felt bad, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, it was actually pretty close to, <laughs> it was actually pretty close. And we often don't realize what's going on in our minds. Like I can tell you right now, Nico has, over the years, not put that, not necessarily put that together for himself or like understood fully what's going on through the coaching and and the teaching and the mentoring or even his observation of the way that his mom eats and the way that I eat and, and the way that that all comes together for him. Like he's not thinking about it that critically. He's not thinking about it that deeply, deeply, but he definitely goes through these cycles and we simply talk about it and we talk about what to do and how to handle situations. And I give him options. And likewise, you should give yourself options and talk to yourself with questions, not demands. That way you can answer those questions 
in a way that reflects your values, your needs, and your wants in that moment, rather than feeling like you're trying to be restrictive about it. And in that way, you're playing the long game, because long term, you're going to be able to put pressure in the direction of where you want to move. That pressure in the direction of where you want to move is significantly more important than actively restricting yourself to force it. Because long term, you'll stay there. You'll stay where you want to be when you do that. And you won't have to be perfect. And that right there, my friends, is the game. Getting there with balance and without perfection. Because that allows you to make room for so many other things. You can go to parties and manage them in a way that feels good. You can go away for vacation and gain 20 pounds if you want to because you know how to manage it on the flip side. You can go on vacation and manage it while you're on vacation because you know going into it that the priority here is just enjoying the time out on the boat and not necessarily crushing the food at the all-inclusive And being able to ask yourself the questions about what's important, what do I need, what do I want, where do I want to be at this moment, and then actively creating those boundaries and putting pressure on them in order to move in that direction really is the ball game. And so I hope this episode kind of helps you think about it in a, in a slightly different way uh, and create those, those boundaries for yourselves. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to, to get through this and listen to it. I really appreciate that. And I look forward to some of the feedback, uh, not only about having Nico on the podcast, but some of the information contained in this podcast. So if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, anything, please feel free to leave comments here or drop comments underneath the, uh, the video on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you guys so much again. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you later.